Well, good morning, church. How are you guys today? Good. My name is Nikki Chandler. I'm one of the spiritual directors here at NCC. And for the past three weeks, we've been talking about what we believe. We've been reciting a creed called the Nicene Creed. And creed simply just means a statement of faith. The word creed is a Latin word that comes from credo, and it means I believe. So as I read this uh, creed, I encourage you to read along with me and just take these words personally and make it truthful to yourself. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, for us, who for us, our salvation, came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and on the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into the heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the quick of the, and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And we believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord of the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and of the life of the world to come. Amen. This is what we believe. Good job, Nikki. Y'all give it up for Nikki for reading that with such passion. I love that. Well, it's such a blessing to be with you guys today, uh, once again gathered here on a Sunday morning. And uh Pastor Aaron and Sarah are actually out of town, our lead pastors. Uh, they uh, have a son who's getting married, Micah and Zandra. They're getting married this weekend, so they're traveling back from Tennessee. Y'all keep them in your prayers as they're all coming back. But if they're watching, we love you guys. Can we give it up for them and just show them how much we appreciate and just honor them? I shared uh, this morning that I had a moment of panic during the first service. Uh, as worship was going on, I lifted my hands and immediately panic hit me because I realized that I hadn't put on deodorant. I know that's crazy for you guys to know, but I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Yesterday, right after I got off of work, I had my backpack packed. I was officiating my niece's quinceanera, and I put my deodorant in there. And so this morning, like, it was just like normal. I got dressed, I got going, and then I realized I don't have any deodorant. And I panic because I'm like, we're about to do connect time, right? And if I go to you and you smell me, you're probably never going to want to come back to this church, right? So I walked out. Thankfully, my deodorant was upstairs with my backpack, so everything is good, you guys. You can now hug me, okay? Hey, let me pray with you guys before we get started this morning. Father, we thank you. Man, you are so good. And we thank you that it is because of your grace that we're standing here today. God, we thank you that we can come into this house not because we're perfect, but because we have a Savior who is. Lord, I thank you that every single sin can be forgiven because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And so, Father, today as we go into this topic of the Holy Spirit, 
I pray that you do exactly what your word says that you do. Holy Spirit, lead us into all truth. Guide us. Open up our minds and our hearts to receive what it is that you have for us today. We thank you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, I don't know if this has ever happened to you guys, but maybe your current spouse or your current best friend is someone that when you first saw or you first met, you kind of had built this image of who you thought they were, and you didn't automatically click with them. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like maybe you had a friend in school, and you were like, man, just watching them from a distance, I just don't click well with them. Like, I don't understand them. And then something happened, and you had to work together with that person, right? You were put together on a project, or you were, you were working with someone, a coworker, and, and after a few situations that happened, you're like, man, this person's actually really cool. But I had built my own image based on what other people had told me. I had built my own image based on what I was observing from a distance, and I didn't understand this person well. I believe that when it comes to the topic of the Holy Spirit, it can be the same way. That sometimes, because the Holy Spirit is misrepresented or miscommunicated, we have misunderstood who He is. And what tends to happen is we run away from anything that's uncomfortable or we don't understand. The problem with that is the Holy Spirit is such an essential part of a follower of Jesus that when we don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, we're missing out on a lot. We're trying to do life alone. And I want you to think for just a second, what comes to mind when you think Holy Spirit? For some of you, depending on your religious background, Holy Spirit was just a name that was thrown in there when someone was praying. Name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And you're familiar with the Father, you're familiar with the Son, but the Holy Spirit is kind of one of those things that's like, eh, I don't really want to deal with it, I don't really understand, so I'll just focus on the Father and the Son. Or maybe when you think Holy Spirit, you think of the most extreme cases, right? Somebody's going to get up and start running around and shaking, right? Now, here at NCC, we do believe in the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, but I don't know what comes through your mind. Or you heard Holy Ghost as Nikki was reading the creed, and you thought, I don't want any ghost near me, right? Whatever it is, sometimes we've misunderstood the Holy Spirit because he's been misrepresented or miscommunicated. Here's the disclaimer that I want to give you before we continue. Tackling the topic of the Holy Spirit in a 25-minute message is one of the most challenging things because there's so much depth to who the Holy Spirit is. There's so much around it, so I'm going to try to do my best job to do two things for you this morning. Number one, just to simply start the conversation of who the Holy Spirit is and then allow you to go home and continue to study and research what the Scripture says. The second thing that I want you to walk away with today is knowing that you have a helper. Everybody say helper. You have a helper to assist you in living out this walk with Jesus. So let's start here. Really quick, I want to hit some Holy Spirit 101 stuff. Who is the Holy Spirit? What are some things that we can gather when we read the scripture? We see that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And although the word Trinity is not found in the Bible, it is a great way to explain that there is one God existing in three distinct persons. Understand 
that this is not a polytheistic belief, which means that we serve multiple gods. It's one God existing in three distinct persons. The Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God, but there is only one God. Try getting your mind to understand that for just a second. Here's the thing. Because it's difficult for our human minds to understand something like the Trinity, it doesn't mean that it's not true. We gather all the data that we find in Scripture, and based on that, we make a decision. So the Holy Spirit is God. If you're taking notes, write that down. Why do I say that the Holy Spirit is God, or why is that important for us to establish? Because there are people who believe that the Holy Spirit is not God. They believe that he's just a force of some kind, or others believe that it's just another name for Jesus. Now, there's other scripture to back up what I'm saying, but here's what I'm going to share with you. Acts chapter 5. Give you some context. In Acts, there's this man named Ananias, and he was a part of the early church as it was being built. And the Bible says that Ananias had decided to sell one of his properties, bring the proceeds from that property, and bring it so that the needs of the church were met. So he said, I'm going to sell this property. Whatever I make, I'm bringing it. He sells the property, but you know how what happens. We make a commitment before God that this is what I'm going to do, except for when it comes time to actually do it, we start second-guessing, right? And some of us can say, no, this is exactly what I committed myself to do, and I'm going to follow through. He did it. The Bible says that he held a portion back of what he had sold. And so what happens here in Acts chapter 5, verse 3 through 4, look at what Peter says to him. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Pay attention to that. And to keep back for yourself a part of the proceeds of the land. While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? In other words, you had control of what you were going to do with it. Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to who? To God. The Holy Spirit is not just a force. He's not just another name. He is God. And just as God the Father is a person, Jesus is a person, the Holy Spirit is also a person. So write that down. See, personhood means that you have a mind, a will, and emotions. That's what defines a person. But when I say that the Holy Spirit is a person, I don't want you to think that he's a physical man who's going to walk in and sit down next to you. He's immaterial, but he's spiritual. But what makes up a person? It's having a mind, will, and emotions. And we see the Holy Spirit displaying all three throughout Scripture. Now, again, there are other verses to support this, but I want to share this with you guys really quick. Everybody say mind. He has a mind. In 1 Corinthians 2.10, we see, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit, look at this, searches all things, yes, deep things of God. You have to have a mind in order to search. We see that the Holy Spirit uses his mind to search. The second thing is a will. The Holy Spirit has a will. A will is defined as a desire, a choice, or willingness. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7, it says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. And look at this last part. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, 
for the profit of all. We see that the Holy Spirit is displaying a will in his desire to choose and give different ministries, different gifts, and different activities. He has a will. And then the last thing that I want to establish before we continue today is that the Holy Spirit has emotions. Ephesians 4.30, it says, and do not what? Grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So we see that the Holy Spirit is a person through the way that we see him display his mind, his will, and his emotions. So we've established two things so far. The Holy Spirit is God and that the Holy Spirit is a person. But what does that look like for us to have the Holy Spirit on a daily basis? How does that benefit us as those that are following Jesus? Well, let me ask you this. Is following Jesus on your own extremely difficult? Come on, I need some honest people in this place. If you know that following Jesus on your own is extremely difficult, raise your hand. Come on. Fighting temptation every single day on your own, is that difficult? (laughs) Not giving in to every sinful desire that you have, is that difficult? Being pulled by culture in this direction, in that direction, and it trying to tell you what's true and what's right, and you having to stand up for truth, that's difficult on your own. Students, when you go to school and you feel like you're the only one that's standing up for God's truth, that's difficult on your own. Having to love your enemies, like the Bible says, and pray for those who persecute you, that's difficult, right? Living a life of generosity, reading the Bible and understanding what I'm reading, and then on top of that, being obedient to what I read on my own, that is difficult. It's very difficult to do it on our own. But did you know that the Holy Spirit empowers us to follow Jesus? He assists us in following Jesus. In John 14, 16 through 17, this is what it says. And this is Jesus introducing the Holy Spirit to the disciples. And he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. Everybody say counselor. To be with you forever. That's the spirit of truth. Now, when you look at the word counselor translated in the Greek, it's a word parakletos. Everybody try to say that, parakletos. Parakletos means helper. It's a legal term relating to legal counsel. So let's take all of that, and this is what we can gather, that we've been given a helper to give us wisdom, to give us counsel, and to give us guidance when it comes to following Jesus. He's present, and he's near. Now, I want to give you a visual so that you understand, and this clicks well. Silly visual, but just follow me, okay? The moment that I give my life to Jesus, this is what happens. Y'all don't get scared. He's supposed to run up here. Let's Let's do do this. And now I've got the Holy Spirit next to me as my helper saying, I'm going to walk with you. Seriously, stop and think for just a second how many times you're over here trying to follow Jesus and he's like, I've given you a helper. The reason you're drained, the reason you're running out of strength, the reason you're saying it's so difficult is because you're leaning on your own strength, you're leaning on your own understanding when you've got a helper the whole time saying, I'm here. I'm here to help you. Yeah, y'all can clap. It's okay. Thanks, Hunter. Here's the thing. The greatest challenge that we face as a follower of Jesus is attempting to follow Jesus without the help of the Holy Spirit. That's the greatest challenge that we face. We're frustrated because we cannot do it alone. We end up tired and drained because we're trying to do it on our own strength and understanding. And we don't experience the victory Jesus died for us to have 
because we're trying to fight battles on our own. Think about that. We have a helper. Everybody say, we have a helper. Say, I have a helper. A helper in what? First thing, everything, yeah, exactly. But I'm going to point out a few things today, what we can gather from Scripture. We have a helper in our time of weakness. How many of you had times of weakness this week? Come on, be honest. You were not very Christ-like. Come on. Maybe you popped off on somebody you know you shouldn't have. You made a decision that you're not too proud of. You were tempted, and instead of fighting temptation, you gave in. You had a time of weakness. Romans 8, 26 through 27 says this. Likewise, the Spirit does what? Helps us in our weakness. Here's what I want you to walk away with when it comes to that today. Is this week, when you're feeling weak, picture a siren going off. This is not me trying to have to do things on my own. That siren is going off saying, I need help. I need help. When the temptation seems bigger than you, you call out to the help of the Holy Spirit and say, I need help. When those negative thoughts or defeating thoughts start to seem bigger than you, you call out to the Holy Spirit and you say, I need help right now, Holy Spirit. You're my helper. I need it right now. When you start to get discouraged or you're feeling down, this is when I need it. And then it continues. It says, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Have you ever been in this moment, a low moment, where you don't know what to pray for? Where the pain is so deep and the situation is so heavy that even the words that are coming out of your mouth don't even make sense. I can't gather or muster up enough words to describe the heaviness that I'm feeling right now. The Bible says that the Spirit intercedes for us. He steps in. And he says, I'm going to talk to God for you right now. I'm your helper. The moments when you're disgusted with yourself because once again you failed, the Holy Spirit steps in and he says, I know exactly what you need. I'm your helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper in moments of weakness and he prays for us. Wow, that's deep. Some of us need that this morning. You walked in with just very little strength into this place. And as a follower of Jesus, I want to remind you today that you have a helper. You're feeling weak? That's okay. You have a helper. You feel like you're losing the fight? That's okay. You have a helper. Call out to him today. The second thing that we see that he's a helper in is he helps us to understand what God is saying. Let me ask you this, has anybody ever read the Bible and then you close it and you're like, I don't understand what I just read? <laughs> Come on, let's not act like we got it all together. We've all had moments like that. I was talking to my dad last night at the Quinceanera and, uh, and I love having conversations with my dad because he's been following Jesus for longer than I have, right? And he was saying how, you know, there are moments where he reads the Bible and he's like, man, it's just not clicking. I'm not understanding this. And he would just hey, you've given me a helper, Lord, to help me to understand what you're saying and help me right now, Holy Spirit. And it's almost like a light bulb goes off and it just clicks and it's like, I get it. I see what you're trying to say. Look at what John 16, 12 through 13 says. It says, I still have many things to say to you. This is Jesus speaking, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak 
and he will declare to you the things that are to come. When we read the Bible, the Holy Spirit is there to help us understand what God is saying and brings the Scripture to our understanding. So here's my challenge for those of you that are going to open up your Bible this week. Before you start reading the Bible, start praying, Holy Spirit, help me to understand what I'm about to read. Let me hear your voice. God, help me to understand what it is that you're saying. Now, not only does the Holy Spirit want to help us understand what God is saying, but he also helps us in remembering what God has said. John 14, 26 says, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your what? Remembrance all that I have said to you. Here's what it looks like on a daily basis for some of us. When a defeating or negative thought comes into your mind like this, man, you're such a mess. Look at you. You can't ever get it together. And you call yourself a follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is there to remind us that we've once read, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And we combat that lie with the truth of the word of God. Or how about this one? This lie that will try to come into your head, what kind of mother are you? You just snapped at your kids. You're probably screwing up their lives. And the Holy Spirit comes and he brings Isaiah 41.10 to mind, fear not for I am with you. You remember that you read this at one time and he says, be not dismayed for I am your God. And you remember that even in your moments of weakness, he says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You're not alone. I'm here with you. At work, the lie comes into your head that you don't belong in this position and someone else can do a better job than you. But then the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance that you once read in James 1.5 that if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Can you see how the Holy Spirit is our helper? Can you see how on a daily basis we need him? Can you see how on a daily basis we cannot do it alone? As a side note, the Holy Spirit is also a source of wisdom. Let me just ask for just a second. How many of you right now, you need wisdom in some decision that you're trying to make? Raise your hand. You don't have to share what it is. He's your source of wisdom. You can go to him and ask for wisdom on what to do in this situation. Maybe you're saying, I need wisdom on how to parent. I don't know how to parent my kids right now. It seemed easier when they were younger, but now that they're teenagers and they're growing up and they're making decisions on their own, God, I don't know what to do right now. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. What do they need from me right now? Maybe you need wisdom to lead. God's put you in a position of leadership at work or in some area, and you're like, man, this is scary because I've got people's eyes on me. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom on how to lead. Maybe you need wisdom in a financial decision or career choices, or you need wisdom to lead a business or a team, or you need wisdom in conversations that you're having with people that are not followers of Jesus. He's your helper. Or maybe you're here today and you're saying, I'm a single parent, and I feel like I'm failing right now. Holy Spirit, I need your wisdom. Show me what my kids need. Teach me how to parent them well through this season. Teach me how to parent them well in this age. Help me. Whatever it is, he's our source of wisdom. And the last thing that I want to leave you with today that our, the Holy Spirit is a helper in, he's a helper in overcoming sin. 
Now follow me on this journey. For those of you that are either following Jesus or maybe today you make that decision for yourself, I want you to know this. When a person trusts Jesus as their Savior, they become a Christian, right? Everybody say, duh. But in that moment, God gives that person the Holy Spirit. Now, we have now, because we've surrendered our lives to Jesus, we now have a new spiritual life in Jesus. But here's the challenging thing, is our old sinful nature still remains. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, and reality hit because I thought, I'll probably never struggle with this again. It'll be easier to not make a mistake. I'll probably have it all together. Or maybe you've thought, when I finally get to this age, then I've arrived and it'll be a lot easier. And then you get to that age and what happens? You realize you still need Jesus, right? (laughs) But I want you to follow this. You give your life to Jesus. You start following him. He gives you the Holy Spirit. You now have a new spiritual life in Jesus, but your old sinful nature still remains. And you need to understand this because if you don't, this will cause you to throw in the towel. The moment that you mess up or you sin, you think that the decision you made to follow Jesus was not real. But what we have to understand is that in faith, the Holy Spirit has begun a work in your heart. That this is a marathon and it's not a sprint. That he's still working in you. And he begins to change our desires. And we begin to see that the things that we used to find pleasure in, the sinful things, we no longer find pleasure in. Think about it. Do you remember giving your life to Jesus And the things that you used to do all of a sudden just didn't feel right. You're like, man, it's just, I'm not comfortable. I had a conversation with my girls this week. I said, I want you to know that you're going to get frustrated as you grow up because you've got parents that know the voice of God. And either you will tell me or he will tell me, but I will find out. And you should have seen their face. You know when someone tells you something and they swallow? They were like that. And it wasn't to scare them or to put fear in their hearts, but I wanted them to know that you don't just have any parents. You have parents that are praying for you. You have parents that are covering you. Guys, I remember because I have parents that pray and grandma that prayed that I would be out there trying to act a fool and I just could not do it comfortably, right? It's like, man, get away from me. Like, come on, Jesus, let me do bad things, right? My friends look like they're enjoying it, and and I just can't. I had praying parents. I had a grandmother who was praying. He begins to change the desires of our heart. And now we start to understand that there's a process that's taking place, and it's not a process that just happens for a season of your life. It's your whole life. It's this process of becoming more like Jesus as time passes. Again, I love talking to my dad because my dad is very honest and he reminds me that as someone who's gone further and has been following Jesus for more than me, he reminds me that following Jesus and becoming more like Jesus is a process, that it never stops. Look at what Galatians 5.17 says. It says, the old sinful nature loves to do what? Evil, which is just the opposite from what the Holy Spirit wants. But here's what the Holy Spirit does. The Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature wants or what the sinful nature desires. Over time, you start to change. So let me give you a word of encouragement this morning. 
Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up on Jesus. He hasn't given up on you. I know it feels like that sometimes. I know it feels like, man, this is that one time where he's finally like, I can't, I can't deal with you. He hasn't given up on you. If somebody has ever told you that the church is a place where perfect people go, they lie to you. The church is a place where imperfect people have recognized that they need help. And every time we come in here, I'm reminded by the person who's worshiping next to me that we're in the same game together, that we're in the same battle together, that we're doing life together, and that I'm in need of a Savior, and I'm in need of a helper, and I'm in need of the Holy Spirit to live out this following Jesus thing. I'm in need of him. And let me tell you, as someone, I love what what David says in the psalm. He says, I was once young, and now I'm old, and yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. This is a man who has reflected over his life, and he's saying, yes, I went through difficult times, and yes, there were moments of weakness, and yes, there were moments where things didn't mesh the way that I thought they would, or my plans fell through, or whatever, but as I look back in my life, I can see God's faithfulness, and he was always near, and the helper was there to help me to live this Jesus thing out. My prayer is that one day you'll be able to look back and say the same thing. We have the helper. Everybody say, we have the helper. I'm going to give you another silly example, but I want it to click for you today. A lot of you know that a few years back, I started what I call my fitness journey, right? I'm still learning. Some of you are probably further along, more in shape than me. You probably eat fruits and veggies every single day. I don't. I still have moments where I'll eat a whole medium pizza, right? And I'm not the rock, so it has a different effect on me. But I'm on this fitness journey, and as I've been just researching and studying, you know, how the body works and, you know, how to work out a muscle or cardio and all these different things, again, I haven't mastered it. I understood that the shoes that I wear when I go exercise do make a difference. Sometimes people will work out in like tucks and converse and I'm like, I don't get it. Like, but if that's you, great. That's working. Keep doing what you're doing. So one day, a few years back, about two years ago, I walked into the Nike outlet there in Allen and, and I was like, man, I need to buy some exercising shoes. So I went to the sales rep and I was like, hey, what shoes do you recommend? He's like, what are you going to be doing? I said, well, I'm trying to get into the gym at least three times a week. That's a win. He's like, okay, cool. So you're going to be lifting weights. I'm like, yeah, for the most part. He's like, you need to get the Metcons. Anybody know about the Metcons? And so I bought these two years ago, okay? And man, I put them on, and I didn't really have anything to compare it to, but I definitely noticed a difference. Like, my stability was better. Like, and when your stability is better, you're able to focus better on the muscle group that you're trying to work out. But what happens is over time, things start to wear out, right? Especially when you use them over and over again. And so I was coming home after going to the gym, and later that day, I would tell Debbie, I'm like, I feel like certain parts of my body that I didn't work out are sore, like random parts, like the sides of my feet, stuff like that. And it was disturbing me so much that I couldn't focus when I was in the gym. So we got to talking, and she's like, how long have you had those shoes? I'm like, two years. She's like, I think it's time for you to buy some new gym shoes. So my birthday came around this year, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, let me research. I did my research again, and I ended up buying the Metcon 7s. I'm not a spokesperson for Nike, although if they want to sponsor me, I'm here, right? And as I put these on, I noticed an immediate difference. Again, my stability was better. 
I wasn't overexerting myself. I wasn't working out different areas of my body that I was not there to work out. Why am I sharing this with you? Because I think a lot of you are overexerting yourself and you're using unnecessary strength because you're not calling on the helper. And you're sitting here today frustrated because you keep seeing your weaknesses and your flaws and you're saying, if I just try harder, if I just do more, if I just read more Bible, if I just go to church more, if I just do that and if I just do that, and he's saying, it's not going to be by your own power or by your own might, it's by my spirit, he says. When I've seen change in my life over areas that would frustrate me, it always came when I fully surrendered to him. And I realized I can't do this on my own. I need you. And it's almost like God is saying that I was waiting for you to do that. You do know you have a helper, right? He's right there. He hasn't left you. Call on him. The Holy Spirit, Billy Graham said, the Holy Spirit illuminates the minds of people makes us yearn for God. That was my prayer this week. As I read that, I'm like, God, I want to yearn for you, God. I want to be so hungry for you, God. I want the sensitivity of your voice, God, to be so strong that, man, I'm convicted about things that maybe I'm no longer convicted about. God, let me be so in tune with your voice that if you ask me to do something, I do it and I'm obedient. But he makes us yearn for God. And he takes spiritual truth, like what you read in the Bible, and he makes it understandable to us. Here's the thing, guys. Without the Holy Spirit, we're powerless to do what God has called us to do. This week, when you're tempted, because you will be, call on the help of the Holy Spirit. This week, when you're tired and you're drained, because you will have moments like that, call on the strength of the Holy Spirit. This week, when you're feeling powerless or you're feeling like a failure, call on the help of the Holy Spirit. When you need wisdom, say, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. When you need boldness and courage to stand up for truth, when everyone else is caving in, call on the help of the Holy Spirit. We have a helper. Now, we always like to end our messages with some kind of action step to send you into the week with, right? And here's mine. If you're not taking notes on anything, take notes on this. How can you apply today's message this week? Meditate, slow down, and pray. Meditate on John 14, 16 through 17. Stop and really process and chew on that verse. And this is what it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, For he dwells within you and will be in you. He dwells with you and will be in you. So meditate on that verse. Sit on it and ask, Lord, what are you saying to me through this? What do I need to be reminded about this week when it comes to this? And then slow down. Everybody say slow down. Some of y'all need to slow down. You're so busy doing that you're not realizing you have a helper. When I've heard the verse, be still and know that I am God, That tells me that sometimes I'm moving so fast that I don't realize who he is. I'm trying to fix things on my own. If you're weary and you're drained right now because you're trying to fix things on your own, slow down and acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is with you this week. And then the last thing is pray. Everybody say pray. 
And this week, I want you to pray and ask for the help of the Holy Spirit in whatever area you need, whatever it is. Go back and research and study who the Holy Spirit is and his role in your life and notice what he brings into your life and say, God, I need that right now. God, I need that right now. God, I need this right now. Let me pray with you this morning. If you can bow your heads and close your eyes. And we do this every single week, but as we established a little earlier, the Holy Spirit is a gift that we're given when we commit and we give our life to Jesus. And I believe that there are some of you in this place. God's tugging at your heart right now. You're joining online right now. And you know beyond any doubt that you've been the one in control of your life. And you're reaching, you're within, because you're saying nothing that I'm doing is working. Right now as you're observing and looking, you're seeing all your flaws and just everything that's not right with you. And you're like, I feel like such a big mess. I don't even know where to start on how to fix myself. Here's what I feel like the Lord is wanting to tell you this morning. Stop. You're not going to be able to fix yourself. But if you surrender your life to me, watch what I'll do. See, the Bible says in the book of Romans that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has missed his mark of holiness and his mark of perfection. There's no amount of good that you could ever do to impress God. And since we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we can't stand before a righteous God on judgment day and expect to get into heaven. But here's the beauty of the gospel. The Bible says that he sent his one and only son to be able to take the punishment that we deserved upon him and to die the death that we deserved on the cross. It gets even better because it says that salvation doesn't come by you doing a good amount of works or, or showing up to church a certain amount of time. The Bible says that if, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's how you're saved. It's a free gift that he's giving you right now, free to you. It costs him something, but he's giving you a free gift. You don't have to do anything to earn it. So if this morning you're in this place or you're watching online and you're saying, I want to surrender my life to Jesus, and make him my Lord and Savior. With everyone joining, can you repeat this prayer after me? To say, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you defeated death through your resurrection. God, you see my heart. Take it. Give me a new heart. Change my desires. Change my thinking. And Holy Spirit, help me to live for Jesus. We thank you, Father. Amen. Can we just celebrate with those that are making that decision today for the very first time? Listen, if you prayed that prayer, don't worry. We're not going to have you come up to the front, okay? But I do want you to do something. We have something called Connect Track that happens. That is going to be your next step. If you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus, go to newcommunity.co forward slash connect track. Take a picture of that image right there, or if you want to memorize it, that's fine. And sign up for that class. 
We'll teach you about, hey, who Jesus is, you know, um, more about our church, how do you live out your walk with Jesus, some of the things that we have to help you in walking out this, this uh, walk with Jesus. And I want to pray a prayer, just a general prayer as we close over everyone else. So let's pray. Father, I thank you, and uh, I thank you that today you've established that we have a helper. And so I pray that this message is not something that just goes in through one ear and out the other, and we forget during the week, God, when temptation arises or moments that we need wisdom arrive, arise, God, that, that we're alone, Jesus. We pray, God, that we remember in that moment, oh, this is my opportunity to call on the helper. God, we thank you that, Lord, the victory that you died for us to have, Jesus, is available. But it's on your own strength, God, not ours. So, Father, I pray that you empower us to live for you. Equip us and show us that you're near. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.